0: circumstances don't determine your destiny? At what point in your life did you stop dreaming? Are you living the life you had imagined whilst growing up? Has life become a daily task that yields no significant difference when completed? Welcome to season two episode 15 of our podcast series. The podcast that inspires and educates through the sharing of real life experiences. With me today is Tony Kitchens. Tony is an author, entrepreneur and a philanthropist. Today he'll be sharing with us how to shift our perspective on fear and pain to allow us live the lives we have always dreamt of. Hello, Tony, and welcome to Hello, Tony and
1: Hello, Sheila, thank you for having me, and I'm glad to be here with all of your listeners. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: It's a pleasure to have you. So what will your favorite quote be? My
1: favorite quote has to be, and this too shall pass. Great. No matter what's happened in life, the toughest of times, if you if you just think about that quote and say it out loud, it makes you look back at all the other things in life that have happened that you actually made it through, and that's your proof that whatever you're going through today, it will pass as well. It may not be soon, or maybe soon, but it will pass. I love that quote.
0: I love it too. I really do love it because it will definitely pass. Nothing is constant, is it? is everything changes there's time and season for everything so everything has its time and it's season it's here today tomorrow it will not be here so definitely it will pass i like it i like that as well okay so let's get to know you a bit more what was life like growing up
1: life was great and the reason why i say life was great because as a child i didn't really have perspective in terms of whether I had a lot as a child. I had a little as a child. Did I live in a good neighborhood, a bad neighborhood? My childhood was my childhood. My reality was what I dealt with every single day. The reason why I say it was good was my mom was there. My dad was there, I had an older sister who was two years older than me at the time. I just remember laughter. I remember good times. I also remember when we didn't have electricity because my parents couldn't pay the bills. And even during those times, my parents made the best of it. We sat there, we did homework by candlelight. Sometimes we wished that the electricity was out just for that intimate time of us sitting at the kitchen table with our parents doing homework by candlelight. Other people may look at that and say, well, that's tough but I've seen people with way, way different circumstances than that. And they smile. So I have to look at my life and say, as far back as I can remember, life was good. It doesn't mean life was perfect, a lot of ups and downs, but everything that happened in life, I benefited from. So I am today who I am because of every single one of those things. So life was great for me.
0: Great. Great, great, great. Let's go straight into the story of the day. What happened and what did you do to turn the situation around?
1: Been in business at this particular point for 28, almost 29 years. Technology company started when I was just a baby. I was 21 years old or 19 19 to 20 years old. During that time, I employed hundreds of employees hundreds over the years, pretty big operation. The challenge that we had like most companies is at a certain point, you have very dominant customers and those dominant customers only care about what you're doing for them. At a certain point back in 2019, our largest customer had issues and we were doing subcontractor work which meant that our customer was doing work for their customer. So we were second in line.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: when we are second in line, uh-huh. you have zero control over yeah. anything that happens in that relationship. Yeah. Everything was going good. We had our best year ever ending in 2018. We had profits of, we had revenue of almost $20 million that year. Everything was going great. I just came back from a trip to Africa, to Kenya in the summer of 2019 and as what happens most times during election years things just started to slow down because of local politics and what i mean by that is anytime there's a new administration that comes in contracts get put on hold projects get put on pause people shift people that you had relationships with before yeah. they move on they get yeah. they get terminated they find other jobs, new people come in and then those new people say, well, what about my people? What about the yeah. vendors that, that I like, that I used to do business with? Let me bring them in and see if they can benefit from, from these opportunities. We've been through that. Of course, been in business for 29 years. Businesses, the constant thing about businesses is change. change. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, what type of service or solution you offer. When you wake up in the morning, know for a fact that something is going to change. So we were used to a certain level of change. We weren't used to the level of change we experienced in the fall of 2019, however, when we went from a million and two million, three a month in revenue to almost nothing because our contracts were put on hold. We had dozens of employees. We had dozens of vendors that depended on us. At home, I had a bunch of people who depended on me, whether it's you know, people that supported our home or people that supported other things we were doing, family members, the charitable work that we did, our school in, in Kenya, but we had 37 students there. And facing the reality that I wasn't going to be able to support this complete ecosystem was very, very tough because the revenue wasn't there. Yeah. And it was a very, very difficult time. And as most people would understand, it's not just because of the money. In business, money is nothing more than a byproduct. It's nothing more than that mango or that apple or that mm-hmm. banana that hangs off of a tree if there's something wrong with that tree the root the branches it won't produce fruit yeah so a business that wasn't producing fruit was because of all these issues in the environment that were out of our control it was a very dark time i remember talking to my wife and talking to my son who at that time was 16 years old and they already felt that i looked like a zombie they said, I walked around, I was there, but I wasn't present.
0: Okay. Oh.
1: Yeah, because my mind was constantly focused on all of the people who I employ, what mm-hmm. happens with their mortgages and their car notes and the tuition for them to pay their children's okay. schooling. Okay. So it's this complete ecosystem. The last thing I thought about was me and how it impacted me personally. It was my friends and family and everybody who... I supported in some some space, and it was just a very very lonely. Very when I say dark, I don't mean in a in a suicidal or in any way like that. I mean just very dark in terms of it's just like when there's a constant cloud over yeah. your head, and it's yeah. gray. Yeah, and you know it's about to rain. You just don't know when.
0: Yeah.
1: And just that lonely feeling, I reached out to other business people that I have known over the years. An interesting thing is when I reached out to them, they were struggling just like I was. And there was something at that point that gave me a little bit of comfort. Yeah, yeah knowing that as bad as it feels, that you're not alone.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's another quote that that I liked that says you know, rain falls on the just and the unjust.
0: Yeah, everybody.
1: Yeah, it, it th- 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 this is just part of life. Yeah, And I, I just remember I reached out to my accountants, I reached out to attorneys and I said, you know, here's the place. I reached out to our, our customer who was the one that had the issue with their customer. Yeah. We want calls every week. And I remember Sheila just the the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And I remember being on the phone with this very high up manager at this, at, at this corporation, and he said, our hands are tied. There's nothing else that we can do. And he said, your company is not the only one. We have our partners across the country who are in the exact same position because of this environment, this political environment we're in. And I just remember getting off the phone, Sheila, and I, I left from my desk and I went and sat on the couch in my office. And life didn't flash in front of my eyes, but there was a situation where at that moment I knew that life was going to be different. I knew it. it I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know how deep the pain would be i didn't know the range of emotions yeah. that it would bring i just knew that it was going to be different. different i knew it and that time which was in november of of 2018 still to this day i'm still dealing with the fallout of having to close a business and having that much infrastructure and in those suppliers and employees and bank loans and everything else. It's I would say that it's been the toughest, one of the toughest periods of time
0: yeah.
1: in my life. Nothing has been tougher than losing my parents. Both have passed in, in the in previous years. That was the toughest. But aside from death, this has been one of the Toughest experiences I've had to deal with. And the interesting thing is, is all along the way, there were little breadcrumbs that gave me hope. It renewed my faith that, that here, here that phrase is again, and this too shall pass. Yes. Yeah, and you sit there and you say, wow, this is just, this is mm-hmm. tough. And then COVID hit just four short months later. And I thought to myself, as a company, if we didn't die four months ago, we definitely would have died during COVID because the way our business was situated, we couldn't be closed for a week or two weeks or a month. Mm -hmm. Our people were working hand in hand. They had to touch each other to do what they had to do. They were constantly touching the same boxes and equipment. We were constantly out in front of our customers driving around vehicles. So there was, we would not have survived during COVID as yeah. I look back. That didn't give me comfort, but it also gave me a little bit more perspective to say it, it rains on the just and the unjust. Once again, there was another example.
0: Wait, do you think that if um, what happened to your company, like you said, hadn't happened four, year, four months before COVID? Yes. A lot of people would have died during the season, the COVID period, if you were still running.
1: Yes, there were people, you know, people started to, to pass, I think on the record, so to speak, in, in late March, if I remember correctly, March of 2020. And at that time, where we're where we are now in Puerto Rico, everything shut down around the 12th of March and just the paralysis of the lockdowns, just like you all face in UK, just like our friends in in Africa faced, you couldn't do anything. Yeah. And that just, it it made it just that much worse. How do you even manage trying to get through this one dark period? And here's another dark period that affected the entire world, entire world. You know, there's nothing like a crisis except when you add another crisis to that crisis. (laughs) It's it's difficult.
0: Do you think there's any good in the situation you had gone through? Can we say there's some good in it?
1: I think it's one of the best things that has ever happened in my life from a professional standpoint. Even when I was sitting there praying those days that we would get new orders. Every day, Sheila, I would sleep just for a few hours. That's it, that's all I could sleep. I would wake up, just nightmares, just, oh, it was very difficult, because the gravity of everybody who depended on me.
0: You, yeah.
1: And that is such Mm. a, it's an overwhelming, overwhelming feeling. It's uh, it's, it's, it's hard to put into words, It's it's just a very overwhelming feeling. But here's the interesting thing, every day I was praying, you know, God, just give us some orders. Sheila, all we needed was some orders to come through. Yeah. And that would have gave us a little more uh, operating revenue to get through, to get through. Yeah. But at the same time, Sheila, the question that you ask is, is there something that, yeah, something good. At a certain point, my prayers went from please give us orders to thank you, God, for this experience. And I remember calling my godbrother and I said, I said, let me just say something to you because in a year or two years when I'm past this, I need to have somebody who can testify that I said this, yeah. right. As opposed to me saying it two years down the road and nobody heard it. I said, mm-hmm. I thank God for this experience. I don't know what happened. I don't know all the blessings and the lessons from this experience. But one thing I know is that I will get through somehow, some way because of God's grace. And I also know that this happened for me. It didn't happen to me. It happened for me. There are so many, Sheila, I don't even have the words or enough time for you and I to talk about all of the little blessings that and lessons that I experienced and saw over the past two years. For example, when COVID hit, my son, this is his last year in high school. Well, he was, in, he was a junior at that time. So for the past year and a half, he's been at home. He goes to college coming up this August, 2021. One of the blessings is I got to spend time every mm-hmm. single day with my son Great. and wife.
0: Great.
1: And if he would have been in school without COVID, yeah. I would have seen him for two three hours a night after school before he went to bed. That, is, that in itself is, is just one of the thousands of blessings. The other thing is I was forced, Sheila, to sit down and sit still. My hands were tied. And I wasn't meditating but I was able to sit outside. The climate here is warm. It's typically 85, 83 degrees every day, sunny. I was able to sit outside and just stare off and look at the trees, soak up the sun. Not like I was on vacation, but I was able to sit there because I was forced to be out of control. As a lot of times in life, we are in control. we control our schedules. we control you know what we eat for dinner we control where we go tomorrow. We control all of these things. In my case, I had zero control over anything that was happening at that time. And so I had to sit and the calm and the peace, Sheila is just I can't describe it the peace of not knowing where my next dollar was coming from, the piece of not knowing how I was going to provide for my family, the piece of not knowing what happened to the employees that I had to let go, literally the week of Thanksgiving in 2019, there was a piece there that said, you're not in control anymore. And this is a period for you to sit down and really take reflect. stock of life yeah. and reflect, and to think about what's really, really, really important in life. And I sat there, Sheila, it was the hardest thing ever. <laughs> My wife, she can, she's the only one that can describe it. It was, being an entrepreneur, you're always pushing buttons. And when you press a button, something happens, happens. in life, right? Yeah. There were no buttons for me to press. I just had to sit, sit still and be quiet and just sit in it. And that was one of the blessings that I saw, which was I've had the opportunity over the years to make a lot of money, my company, a lot of money, an extreme amount of money. The interesting thing is, is, at a certain point in business, you don't do it for the money. You're just doing what you do. It becomes a process. And a lot of people believe when you don't have a lot of money, a lot of people believe when you have a lot of money, that life is so much easier. You're able to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. You're able to buy what you want to buy. Here's something for your audience. The more money you make, the more freedom you give up. You don't have as much freedom as you believe you're gonna have. When I had the company, I was, I was pretty much trapped into being in front of a computer for eight, 10, 12 hours a day. Even when I was away, I felt this gravity pulling me back toward my computer because that's how I ran my business. It was either on a phone, email, web calls before Zoom, or even when we had Zoom before that. I was tied to a lifestyle, Sheila, that looking back now, if you, if you Sheila, would say, I'll give you $50 million tomorrow, I would say, no, thank you, to go back to that life. Wow. It was great while I had it. I was able to do so much good work around the world, just an extreme amount of, of charitable work and philanthropic work. And those are the things that I missed. However, if if you gave me 50 million today to put me back in that position, now knowing, looking back, the position that I was in, the stress that I was under without really knowing it at the time, I would absolutely refuse it for sure. I would. Because money and business does not get you that amount of freedom. I could have bought anything I wanted to buy. That's not the issue. That's not freedom. Right. Because most of us in life, we have way more than we really need, especially in the Western world. We have we you, average family has three or four cars. Why is that right? You know, I've been to places that they have no cars in Kenya. We, we sat in the dirt in a village. The happiest people you will ever meet in your life. were living in mud huts in a Boma in, in, in Kenya. and. Just the happiest people, they will walk three or four miles a day just to get water. we sat with them, I think that experience, Sheila, just a few months before in December, in, in, in June of 2019, when I sat there with them for the second time, our friends now, and the peace and seeing how people are just so happy, and they had none of the trappings that you and I have, none of them. Yeah. And I think that also helped prepare me to understand that, okay, you're not gonna have a company, right? You're not gonna be able to do certain things. There are certain material things that you're not gonna have anymore. And I was just so comfortable and peaceful knowing that. It's it's faith, it's faith in God. And going back to that saying that this is gonna pass. It's gonna pass.
0: Yeah. I got a lot of messages from what you said, but as you were talking, there's a story I remember my grandmother used to tell me. And she said, there's this rich couple and there's this, there's a poor couple. The rich couple lived in a mansion. So at night, the man and the wife will come and stand at their balcony and their balcony faces the house of a poor couple. So the poor couple will also be sitting by their um, furnace or their fire just to warm up at night, the man and the wife. And you can see the love as they chat and they hit each other. And you can see there's a lot of good vibe and good relationship going there amongst the poor couple. And the rich couple, they are always busy. So they, they barely have time to spend together. And as they look down at the poor couple, they always admire them. So what the message was that they, you can look at them as they have everything. But what the poor couple have, they don't have it. So even the rich also lack in something. Well, that was a message there when she told me that story. So that came up as you were talking about Kenya, relating it to your life and all. But when you were talking, another thing that came up was, um, I for me, I believe that as a Christian with my religious background from, mm-hmm. yeah, I believe that everybody is in this world for a purpose. Yes. So probably your purpose was to help people, your workers and those around you at the time to realize themselves, to be able to fend for themselves and their family. You set them up to, you know, so trust me, you may be worried about what are they going to eat? What and how are they going to feed? How are they going to send their children to school and all that? But trust me, they found, no, definitely, all of them will definitely find their way because Mm -hmm. you've brought them up from a point Where they probably didn't have any skill, they didn't have any strength, they worked with you over 20 something years, by now they should have built themselves up in a way, so they'll be able to carry on. So you've done your part. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that probably God is saying you need a rest, because from everything you were saying, you, you barely had time to even sit for yourself to breathe, you get it. Because you're always on the go, on the go, on the go. And like you said, there's a good in everything. For me, the good I'm seeing is for you to rest.
1: Mm -hmm. You're absolutely correct, Sheila. That's, That's the perfect way to describe it. And that's the feeling that I had. I felt like after 29 years, it was time for me to do something different. The challenge, is with all of us is when you're in the middle of doing something when you're in a career or you have a business whatever it is you wake up and you just do what you've always done and it's that hamster wheel that people talk about yeah you get you're on this treadmill it's a never ending treadmill yeah and that treadmill typically the way people get off is they fall off or they get pushed off, Yeah. or the treadmill runs out of power, yeah. it just breaks down. It's never easy to get off of a treadmill. Even when you want to, the interesting thing that you said that, you know, that story, one of the, one of the times that gave me a good relief was in January of 2020. And I remember one of my former managers, a good friend of mine, I said, hey, I, I just really want to check in on the workers and see everybody's, and we had young workers. And that was one of the things, Sheila, that gave me so much pride. These were people who wouldn't get the opportunity to sit in at the same table with some of the largest companies on earth. And I don't want to mention names, some of the largest companies you can imagine on earth. And I brought in with our team, most of our team was under 26 years of age. So you have these young workers, female and male, they got to sit at the table with companies that raise $40, $50 billion in revenue a year. And they had a seat at that table. They had a voice, not just a seat, but they had a voice. So when we reached out to them and talked to them in January, I was just, uh, it was such a relief. They all had great jobs. And what I saw was, because now I had time to sit still, I saw that our company did fulfill its mission, which is to give people opportunities to step up. Yeah. And to this day, all of them give us credit because we gave them a shot when nobody else would. We wow. trained them and not just training them. I remember being in the office and we would just sit down and we would have these fireside chats with these young people. They got to ask me anything they wanted to ask me. Nothing was off the record. And I just remember, you know, coming from Puerto Rico, my office was in Chicago. So when I would go to the office, I just remember how the young people would just come in my office and just sit down with a laptop and work, just like they had nothing to do. And they would just sit on the chairs and there's, sometimes they would sit on the floor and we would just work and we weren't even working on the same things. And it was it was what that told me was that they were learning so much, they were so appreciative of the opportunity and they didn't see me as a higher authority. They looked at me as somebody else on the team and we were working together toward a mission. And that's one of the things from a pride standpoint to nurture these young people, give them opportunities and they're doing so well, even after COVID, these young people are doing so well and it's just a source of pride. And like you said, from a spiritual standpoint, you know, the, 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 the lesson, well, one of the lessons was for me to just to go sit down. My work for that company was done. done. My work was done and it was time for me to do something else. And you fast forwarded now to this time of my life and I firmly believe that the feeling that I had in 2020 was, I need to take my life experiences, good or bad, and share them with people. And that's going to help people like your listeners, the conversation that you and I will have, it will show people that you can do anything you want to do, you can face fear, you can face pain, and you can get through it. So the second part of my life, I'm so excited about that, because I wanna be able to give people the confidence to know that when you deal with very difficult times, as tough as they are, you can get through. It's it's difficult, but you can get through. And so I just wanna take all of the experiences I've had, put them out there for people, share the stories, have a thousand stories. You can imagine 30 years in business, I had a thousand stories, thousand stories. But it's 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 my time to just share my stories with people to that's what I love to do to just dig into my philanthropic work yeah because yeah. more than anything that's really where my passion is so that's again that's one of the blessings who think about this Sheila I wouldn't be able to do, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast today if this would have been two years ago and I had that company I wouldn't have had time yeah absolutely yeah. not yeah And so anybody who benefits from hearing this conversation, they wouldn't have heard you and me speaking on this podcast because I wouldn't have been available. When I say available, not just from a time perspective, but also from an emotional perspective, I wouldn't have been available. All the stress and everything else. So again, here's another byproduct of that painful time is somebody else will hopefully hear a message that will resonate with them and say, you know what? I'm on a treadmill too, or life has been difficult. And you're telling me that it will end soon. It will end. It was, it will
0: end for sure. Sure. Tony, let's, let's talk about this. So somebody in this, because I believe that a lot of people find themselves in the situation you are, now, especially with COVID, because a lot of businesses have to shut down and a lot of big companies have shut down. So people have lost their livelihood and everything because we're depending on those big companies to, feed and take care of their families and all somebody in a situation like that at an automatic halt they don't have anything to do they don't know what to do they are knocking on doors and the doors are not opening yeah because there are no jobs there are very few jobs and those few jobs the people are occupying them already so where do you go what do you do somebody like that can you say something to them what should they do
1: absolutely one of the things that i did during that time, I, I had to sit still. I thought to myself, "What am I going to do? I still have to feed a family. I still have things that I want to do, yeah. right? I still have things that I want to buy in the future. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're we're we we live on Earth, yeah. and 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 <laughs> the reality is is you need things. That's just the reality. Yeah. So, so there are things that I want to do. There are things that I still want to buy, etc. But what I had to do, Sheila, at that point was I, I looked at at, at at my life, just like your listeners. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, let me take stock. Who am I? What, what has, what gifts has life given me? What skills have I developed? And I'm not just speaking about technical skills in terms of, you know, you know how to do PR, or you know mm-hmm. how to create websites. Mm-hmm. I mean, what skills have you developed in life that, somebody else can benefit from I sat down Sheila and I started writing a book
0: great
1: and and what I it was very therapeutic and it was I I sat there I said I just want to I just wanted to get my emotions out is the way it started and what I part of what i developed during that or learned that I had developed over the years the skills I developed over the years was this just amazing life of challenges and defeats and mm-hmm. victories. And my story and your story, Sheila, is no different than any other listener. Yeah. It is no different. Mm-hmm. So I would tell the people who are dealing with the times, just like you and I are. Yeah. We're, none of us are out of the, we're not out of the woods. At exactly. This point. Yeah. Right. There's a vaccine. Yeah. yeah. But the economy is still tough. Yeah. What I would say is, is take some time, turn the music off, turn the television off, turn the internet off and sit down and just think about what you really, 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 really love to do. Not necessarily what you're good at, because what you're good at, you were probably trained to do by others over time. And that may not be what you really love, Yeah. but what is it that you really love?
0: Yeah.
1: And when you sit and think about that, there are so many ways for us to take the things that we love to do and to convert that and to monetize it because other people will pay for that. Yeah. There, some people love to cook. Well, you can make meals, you can deliver meals, right? For example. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, there are a thousand things that all of us can do during this time. I would say community is extremely important right now. And what I mean by community is, we faced a really big hurricane here in Puerto Rico, Hurricane Maria in 2017, 4,000 people died. It 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 was a really devastating storm. The resiliency that you see in people when their backs are against the wall, when they have no options, no choices, people performed at levels that they didn't know that they even had within themselves. Yeah, We had neighbors, some had rice, some had beans, some had vegetables, some had meat. And they would get together, Sheila, and they would cook outside on grills because nobody had electricity for eight, nine months. So you had this community of people who all faced difficult times And what they did was they pooled their resources. Somebody affected by COVID, you do the same thing. You look at this and say, okay, I don't have the job that I had. I don't have the income that I had. Look around and look at other people and look for opportunities to create your own future. Sometimes that's easier said than done. But the point I'm trying to make, the point I want to drive home is, Don't always look outside of yourself for somebody else to be able to help you. The first step is to look inside and really understand who you are and know that you have value. You have to understand each of us is here. The reason why we're alive is because we have gifts. We have talents. We may not address them. We may not know what they are until our back is against the wall. Yeah. One of the blessings from COVID was people people had to learn how to, to survive. All of us were spoiled before COVID, all of us, every single one of us, we had a lot of things that we didn't necessarily need to have. But during and after COVID and even now, what we learned is we don't need as much money as we thought we did before. We don't need to go out and spend money at restaurants and go shopping like we thought we had to before yeah. to fill that void that's inside of us, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So we we understand now that we can survive on a lot less than we thought we needed before.
0: Exactly.
1: And when you when you embody that and you look at that and you say to yourself, "Okay, so maybe I don't need to make X amount of money every week or every two weeks. I can make less than that because now I know how to live on less." Than i was making before and here's the other thing this is not going to last forever wake up every single day and you got to wake up you got to put one foot in front of the next you can't go ball up in a corner because times are tough every day you should think about that's one day past this being over you're one day closer Mm -hmm. to getting back on track you're one day closer to getting out of the the COVID era you're one day closer to maybe the jobs opening back up it's going to pass it's going to yes. pass it's difficult in the meantime but it will pass i promise mm-hmm. it's going to pass
0: great great there are a lot of lessons in there too many lessons in there so um in brief what we are saying is that wh- whatever situation you're going through don't stop dreaming it is never over until it's actually over. What I mean is actually over is until you've had your last breath. So once you still have a lot of breath inside of you, you are alive. There's more hope and don't give up on whatever situation you're facing currently. Just search within, look for what you are good at and then explore that area as well and see what comes out of it. I think this is brilliant. I never in my wildest dream ever thought I would start a podcast. I never thought, but I knew at the back of my mind that I want to write a number of books, Yes. but I never thought of a podcast and I never saw myself as a good presenter. Now, let me see this in passing. Like when I finished my, so after first degree, I think I've said it here a number of times that I came out very well. I came out with the first class, but I didn't get a job. Mm-hmm. So I was forced to start my own business and I started a business and all that. And I had multiple things going on then one of the things I was doing was to start a magazine so I had a magazine running and the idea was to sell our African prints mm. so back then African prints our mothers will use them in very uh big styles you know with big sleeves and styles that will not be appealing to the young women so my idea was to come out with a magazine that will put our African prints into fashionable styles for young young generation to use so i went to see a print company like a textile company and they gave me three bills of fabric and they said get people to sew so we designed the styles and we got people to sew them. we got models to model them we took pictures and then we put them in and then so it was a good concept it was launched properly i think i had an interview in london then i was in ghana but i used to come to london on holidays so i had an interview slot on a TV station in London, so I came from Ghana to do that. And then I was on a few of the media stations and TV stations in Ghana to promote it. So it was a good business, like it was, it looked good. Then I wanted to quickly come out with a second um, edition. So I gave it to marketers to market the first edition whilst I focused on the second edition. That was where everything came crumbling down. Mm -hmm. So all I'm saying is, look within. You may not get, you know, exactly what you wanted but there's something inside of you that others will benefit from. Sometimes you look at the flashy things and trust me, when I was coming out of the university, I never thought I wanted to work in a bank, but when I came out, I saw my friends working in the bank, all of them going, and I was thinking, why can't I go there? You get it. And I went there with my CV, and they wouldn't pick me simply because they said I had a first class. And they wouldn't employ first class students because they are always thinking of books, 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 books. And they don't stay in the organization for too long. They spend all the resources to train them. And then they are quickly off to go and do their masters and their doctorates, and so they would want it. So I had to reinvent myself. Mm -hmm. And trust me, when I did that, other first degree holders who had just come out of university joined. And we have done other things from there on. So sometimes you just have to look within, sit back, what can I do for myself? And as you are thinking of what can can I do for my thinking of someone else, so what can I do for myself that will impact the next person or the next person will um, benefit from? So in all of these situations going on, there's a lot of things in there that we can still benefit. So this this is this is one message I'm getting out. Sorry, and I'm trying to push it across that we should look at ourselves as Being able to reinvent wherever we are, whatever situation we find ourselves currently, and then do something for others to also benefit as well. So that's one thing I've I've gotten out of. For nothing at all, I remember that change is constant, that nothing lasts forever. Yeah. So I'm going to take that with me. I'll say massive thank you very much, Tony, for coming on podcast with Sheila. Thank um, you, Sheila. Thank you very much for listening. If you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 15 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way season guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Don't miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new podcast is released. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Until we meet again in a fourth...